0: So it seems we're starting to care about where our consumer goods are made and how the workers who made them are treated. But at what price? Hi everybody, I'm Bob Bowman, Executive Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is a Supply Chain Brain podcast. Periodically, stories emerge in the press about the mistreatment of workers in overseas factories. Often the resulting outrage is connected in some way to a celebrity who's looking to burnish his or her brand. Then the incident gets forgotten. Now, though, that might all be changing. Awareness appears to be growing about the need for visibility of sourcing so that consumers can see the conditions under which their products are made. The big apparel retailer H&M, for one, which had come under fire in the past for failing to ensure the payment of fair wages to factory workers, is now promising to clue consumers in on the minutest details of where and how its clothes are produced. So, is the sourcing issue going to stay in the public eye this time? Will progress toward the fair treatment of workers be made? And are consumers willing to pay a higher price for ethically sourced goods? We'll get answers today from Dr. Chad Autry, FedEx Corp Endowed Professor of Supply Chain at the University of Tennessee's Global Supply Chain Institute. Here's our conversation. Dr. Chad Autry, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: So, what is H and M doing in this new initiative for visible sourcing? What exactly are they up to? What have they announced?
1: If you think about the business environment we exist in today, it's becoming more and more important for companies like H and M to be able to assure their customers that they are, in fact, getting sustainably sourced products. And so. This is just another step in a retail revolution we've been observing for the last year or two that really is trying to extend that confidence all the way down to the customer that, in fact, the supply chain that's supporting the products that they know and love is sustainable back to source. And so H&M is taking advantage of a little bit of technology, and they're looking at different processes and ways that they can kind of extend that confidence to customers in in a way that makes the product both sustainable from an environmental and social perspective, but also affordable.
0: As recently as last fall, however, the Clean Clothes campaign had accused H&M of failing to meet a commitment made in 2013 to ensure that suppliers would pay a living wage to textile workers by 2018. Now, that's not a sourcing issue. That's a worker treatment issue. I realize that's a little bit separate, but I'm just wondering, are these things related Is H&M Has it come out with this visible sourcing initiative as a way of like answering? complaints about the way that it has been treating its workers?
1: I don't work for H&M, but what I can say is that companies are having to be more and more reactive and customers are getting smarter and smarter. I mean, the internet allows us as consumers to become pretty powerful agents in terms of mapping supply chains back to earlier echelons and in some cases all the way to sources. And all it takes is one activist going awry or coming up with a fact that is unfavorable to the company and then the brand suffers and the, and the value of the products suffers as well. So when you look at what H&M's doing, yeah, Yeah, it's certainly a reaction to some errors that they perceive to have made in the past. But it's also kind of a a situation in retailing now where you see retailers holding one another accountable and and customers holding them accountable as well. This is just, in, in my mind, a natural evolution of where we're heading with sustainability. And companies are just simply having to pay more and more attention to it. And the companies that don't are falling behind.
0: Now among the details that H&M has promised to share with regard to its products include country of production, supplier and factory information, number of workers in each factory and even the type of materials used to make each garment that sounds like an awfully ambitious thing to do how can it do that is it possible to provide that level of information sure it's possible
1: the question is is it going to be economically feasible when you think about the complexity of the modern supply chain in the case of the uh, textiles retailer somebody selling clothing and, and things like that you can map back into your supply chain to the first or second tier pretty easily you probably go to the factories in Southeast Asia or, or other parts of the world where you're doing the direct sourcing from uh, the, of the finished products and You may have even gone to visit a subcontractor or two, but things get a little bit blurry when you get back a couple of levels in the chain. And and sometimes it's hard to know whether or not a product that was ostensibly manufactured in a factory that you've inspected was actually one lot or one production run was outsourced back to a subcontractor that you don't know about. And so it's a little bit tricky to do that in this day and age, to say with complete assurance that this garment was in fact manufactured to these specifications, with these materials, and by these workers. Because from time to time when demand surges hit, we know very well that what companies have to do is increase scale, and the way they do that is with outsourcing. And so, whereas H&M is, in, in fact, outsourcing manufacturing to a small provider in, in Southeast Asia, that provider itself is probably outsourcing some of its capacity as well. So, I feel good that the company is trying to do the right thing. By all accounts, we can read and we can observe. It's doing everything it can to create not only the appearance of sustainability, but the actuality of sustainability. You never really can tell till the entire chain is mapped and visible, and you've got eyeballs on it on the daily, and down to hourly, down to minute-to-minute basis whether or not that's really what's happening.
0: Well, H&M is the world's second largest fashion retailer, so you've got to think that it has the resources in order to achieve this. I wonder, though, about smaller retailers and smaller manufacturers and the like, whether they would be able to do this on a cost-efficient basis. Do you think that this level of detail is accessible by companies of all sizes?
1: It would be an enormous challenge for a small retail outfit to be able to go back to its second, third, fourth tier in its upstream supply chain and have complete accuracy in terms of what raw material inventory is being used to manufacture its products, what finished goods are coming from exactly which facility, who those workers were that worked on that shift. That would be a tall stretch. company like H&M, certainly, if they put their mind to this, they'll be able to do it. The question that you ask, though, about a smaller outfit is a great one because it is not something that's cheap. It's capital intensive to do this. and. And it requires a lot of sophisticated software and, and tracking capabilities that, that most companies couldn't achieve. So you, you hope that H&M is going to set forth on the right foot with integrity and put forth an example for others to follow. But following it may be a taller hill climb than we are, I guess, anticipating.
0: Well, it's also the question of how can the sourcing information be trusted. And lots of companies, apparel and high tech and the like, have been quite clear about in their supplier contracts about where they want their products to be produced. And yet it invariably ends up from time to time that a sub-sub-subcontractor ends up actually doing that. We saw what happened at mm-hmm. the Rana Plaza factory disaster in Bangladesh just a few years ago. That wasn't supposed to be an authorized supplier. So even mm-hmm. if a company is willing to reveal this information, how do we know how we can prevent that unexpected thing from happening where suddenly something gets shunted off to a sub
1: yeah, and in, the, and in the Bangladeshi case, it, it truly was a situation where an unusual amount of only partially predictable demand emerged at, a, at, at just the wrong time, and then and BF had no idea that its third-tier supplier was outsourcing, and yet you saw what happened in the aftermath when American students found out that those backpacks were coming from a factory that was using very questionable work practices, at least from a Western standpoint. So all it says is that we've got to become, number one, good with our technology. We've got to begin to think about applications such as blockchains as means to sort of create integrity in the upstream supply chain. And then and we've got to also use due diligence in terms of, of interviewing suppliers and knowing who the supplier suppliers are going to be and doing inspections, both planned and unplanned inspections. It's going to be a challenge moving forward, but customers are demanding it. I don't think retail customers are willing to tolerate this kind of thing anymore. Ten years ago, they could have put just about anything in a, in a supply chain and no one would have known any better. But now our visibility is so deep at the customer level that retailers have to mind their P's and Q's. They have to know exactly what's going on in their own operations because ones held accountable.
0: What about the vehicle for reporting this information? Must this be done on a company by company basis? Or is there some kind of an NGO or a central clearinghouse that could serve as a conduit for multiple manufacturers providing this information to the public, thereby costing them less in the effort?
1: I think you've hit upon exactly where the future is headed. But at some point in time, an NGO or an independent organization of some kind will undoubtedly emerge a standards organization of of some sort that will allow companies to begin to, number one, merge and share their data. Sunlight is a great Disinfectants and the ability to share that data with competitors, with other companies that are in your industry and outside your industry, and share experiences and and create public images of what's going on in those distant locations. As soon as some tool is available like that, then everyone on the manufacturing side will realize that accountability is on the doorstep and they're going to have to react. And so Mapping the whole supply chain is pretty expensive and it will also be really important and expensive to create a centralized clearinghouse of some kind. It will end up probably being a collaborative among Several big retailers who've all said, We've we got to do this together. We can no longer take the risk until it's all shouldered together. And so hopefully that's what we're going to see here in, in the coming years, coming three to five years, is my guess. An emergence of third parties that serve as a way of betting what's really going on in these distant locations.
0: We certainly don't lack for NGOs now that are dedicated to exposing poor conditions in factories and the like, but they're not serving that purpose of actually just being an information resource in collaboration with the manufacturers, right?
1: It's a great opportunity for the right set of companies to come together and invent something like this because it will end up being the standard by which all others are judged and and brand equity from having done so could be great. You would hope that four or five of the big players would step up and they would invest in this together. And then they, of course, would then be the ones that got the credit later on for having done something extremely sustainable and something that benefited everyone.
0: I wonder what form that would take. If I'm shopping for clothes at a store or something, would there be like a label? I've heard in the past that it might be the equivalent of a nutrition information label on food products. How would I access this information? Would I have to go to a website? Would it be on the clothing itself? Would there be something in the store? Do you have any idea how that would best be communicated to
1: buyers? we My vision would be something as simple as a telephone app or an iPhone app. A 3D barcode that would contain all of the information. The barcode would be created by the manufacturer at the site. It would be attached to the garment all the way through to retail sale and then the customer could pull out their mobile device and scan that barcode and it would contain all of the information that they would need to make a judgment on whether or not that product had integrity or not. We're living in that age now anyway where people want a minimum amount of information about nutrition and things already and barcodes are used to do that so there's not really a long step to include similar information on a, on, a, on a piece of clothing. So probably something like that could also be a subscription service of some kind where customers subscribe to their text messaging or MMS messaging or uh, different sorts of electronic media where when something goes wrong in a, in a factory they get an alert and then they can begin to scan their clothing and look to see whether that alert was matched to a, um, a scenario that's been publicized. Different things like that, using technology, that's, that's what the consumer's asking for. We as consumers don't want to have to do too much work to learn about yeah. what we're eating, what we're wearing, what we're drinking. So uh, that's the next logical step is that mobile device.
0: Well, it's one thing for a retailer like H&M or any other for that matter to put up something that says, here are the factories where we make our product. That's one thing. But to trace it to an individual item that you're buying, one pair of pants, one coat, one sweater, something like that, each one bearing that information, I wonder if it's going to drill down to that, or would it be a more general thing? Is that even feasible?
1: So we see this inventory trace and track now where it's for a while been sort of a standard thing to use RFID at a case level, but then you break down inside the case and and you sort of have to hope for integrity there uh, and not too different than what we see already happening. Again, the use of blockchain could help here in terms of being able to sort of create validity at the source. But again, if you, you start getting down to the item level, you know all bets really are off. And you're assuming that the case level or whatever container is bigger than that that's being opened has integrity and hasn't been tampered with. If that assumption is good, then I, I think the customer can trust it. It, it. You could do it down to the item level. It's just extremely expensive. And, and at some level, you start kind of questioning the economic value of the exercise.
0: You've referenced a couple of times blockchain technology, and indeed, blockchain is already being used in pilots to trace the provenance of certain products, for instance, palm oil from Indonesia and the like. Do <clears> you <throat> think that's a technology that has arrived, though? Is it is it at the point where it can be used, or are we looking a few years down the line before blockchain can be developed to the point where it could actually become a viable means of, of conveying this information, recording this information?
1: It's certainly is kind of its early teenager stages. It's not a mature technology yet, but there's there have been some pretty good use cases in industries and you reference palm oil is a a really good one and then and then grapefruits and strawberries from other different parts of the world have been have been tracked pretty sophisticated blockchain applications that have been shown to kind of give them integrity. But there's not a lot in this space yet. There are a couple of apps I could name that that are kind of going down that road that are attempting to use the technology. But I don't think we've seen that blockchain is yet a proven methodology. It's just one that's showing a lot of promise in this space.
0: Are there other types of technology that you've seen out there that could be utilized as well?
1: None any better than the ones that we're currently running. I mean, if you think about what it takes to understand with integrity what's in your own distribution center, for example, those same ideas apply here. I mean, from as simple as a basic barcode to an active RFID tag to a smart RFID tag is really the very best ways. And then, of course, you have to decide what level of the the chain you want to track at, whether it's the the container, the case, or the item. And as you drill down further, it just gets more and more expensive, as you know.
0: You've said earlier in this conversation, that you feel like companies can no longer get away with poor sourcing decisions or mistreatment of workers because consumers will react. Have you seen evidence that, in fact, on a large scale that consumers really do care about these things to the point where they would actually not buy a product or they actually would, first of all, want to find that information, go to the trouble of researching it, and then they'll make – purchasing decisions based on the information they get. Oh,
1: absolutely. I think consumers are more sophisticated now than they've ever been. I think that's obvious. Their knowledge is growing in leaps and bounds in terms of the things that they buy, especially things that are either from distant places that they're not so familiar with and they want to know more or something that could present a risk to them in some way, a medical hazard or a health hazard in some way. And so we're more informed now in terms of how we choose products than we've ever been. And so that's, as you you mentioned, exacerbated by the numerous watchdog groups that are out there helping pump this information information out and then and of course there's always the issue of well with so many different watchdogs out there which ones really are credible versus which one's trying to stir mm-hmm. up trouble
0: redundant uh, efforts may be going on going on out there as well right
1: exactly exactly so there are, there are some dishonest watchdog efforts out there as well that, that are better essentially uh, anti-competition corporate one against one battles and things of that nature but what we're really talking about here is those watchdogs that, that really mean well and they're they're becoming more and more effective at reaching their target humans with their messages as we saw again with bF a couple of years back and then others since then the watchdogs they'll get the messaged out pretty quickly sometimes it'll contain some half truths and things of that nature but by and large customers know which ones to follow it's not unusual to have something bad happen Happen in a third world country at a, at a factory, and then have that be on Twitter half an hour later in the United States. And if those messages repeatedly come out, then customers start asking questions about their favorite brands, and everybody starts kind of pointing fingers about who did it. And it can spiral in a pretty negative way if companies aren't careful. So, in my, in my mind, this is something that keeps chief supply chain officers up at night almost mm-hmm. more than anything else in 2019. Is what's going to happen in those places where I can't see?
0: To bring this back around to H and M and similar retailers and manufacturers, the whole success of so-called fast. fast In addition to the churning of the products, the constant churn and the change in the assortment has been the stuff is so cheap. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, uh, people are going to probably have to pay more for this stuff if it's visible and responsible sourcing. Again, that flies that, that connects with what I asked you before about whether consumers care not only in their purchasing decisions, but when they make a purchase, are they willing to pay more? knowing that that's yeah, the price. Yeah, and, and of course oh, yeah. the
1: average customer can't connect those dots, can they? We want what we want. We want it now. and We want it with perfect condition, integrity, et cetera. We, we've talked about perfect order for 40 years and now a new part of perfect order is perfectly sustainable. Well, you add one more layer to perfect order and what does that do? Well, of course it, it drives the price up. And so inadvertently, customers may be asking for something they really don't want at the end of the day. And and so it is going to be a race company to company in terms of who can create at least, a, if not a, a perfect amount of sustainability, a, a, a create the appearance thereof and do so at the best possible cost. So this is just something else that gets weighed in on the balance sheet when you do it. You're going to have to figure out how to be sustainable, but it's going to have to be at the right price.
0: Well, the push for visible sourcing certainly is a promising and fascinating subject. And uh, Dr. Chad Autry of the Global Supply Chain Institute at the University of Tennessee, I want to thank you so much for talking to us about it and giving us a, a look at what's going on and what might happen in the future. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Well, thanks, Bob. I'm really fascinated as well where this is headed and I look forward to hearing what Supply Chain Brain has to say about it later as well.
0: That was my conversation with Dr. Chad Autry of the University of Tennessee talking about progress toward the creation of ethical supply chains. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming and downloading every Friday, You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.